I am Felicia. And I am Max. So uh, today we're going to talk about uh, psychedelics and our journey with psychedelics. Um, so we're going to start at our first experiences and then just walk you through it and um, walk you through all the wisdom that we gained over these years of well, using psychedelics. A few of them, <laughs> because well, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think um, a few, yeah. <laughs> Not everyone. <laughs> Maybe yeah. the most um, the most influential ones. ones. Yeah. Uh, yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, should I start? Because I yeah. was the first person who did psychedelics. Yeah, just to start with your uh, first experience and... Um, Let's move from there. Okay. Well, first off, uh, we want to say that psychedelics are something to be taken seriously because Definitely. it's not nothing and it's really hard work. And you do really need to make sure that if you do it, you do it with the right people in the right circumstances, with the right mindset, because otherwise things can go wrong. Yeah. So I just wanted to throw that disclaimer out there just yeah. to be sure. Do your own research. Exactly. Uh, know what you put in your body. Uh, we don't uh, condone anyone taking them because they're like, <laughs> they <Intense>. can be <laughs> extremely difficult and uh, people yeah. can go uh, nuts uh, and, and you need someone with it uh, that has previous experience. And, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, so my first experience... Um, <laughs> Well, my first experience wasn't that great. Um, it was with two people who did it for the first time as well. And um, one person that was sober, but that person was kind of awkward and didn't really know how to handle it. And it, mm. that person have never done psychedelics themselves. So, um, yeah, the circumstances could have been better. <laughs> what did you take? That's very um, important. Magic travels. Okay. Yeah. Did you know what dosage? Um, I think just the lightest one with yeah. 15 grams or 10 grams. I don't know what the recommended dosage is. Um, yeah. But in the Netherlands, magic travels are legal as well. So Legal? Yeah, yes. you can just buy them in the store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have uh, smart shops here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it wasn't the greatest experience. I didn't have a bad time or uh, a really good time it was just quite neutral um for the first time i saw when i moved my hand that there was this whole tracer behind it and i got on <laughs> i started laughing and it was so weird to experience that for the first time um but i felt like i was more so t more so taking care of the people i did it with because those two needed more support and more help yeah. um and the second time I did it, it was also kind of in the same way and just experiencing the psychedelic experience. But the third time was with you. And that was the first time I actually used the psychedelics in the way <laughs> that you could use them <laughs> instead yes. of just exploring it and just having fun with it. Yeah. Um, so not take it recreationally, but exactly. uh, in a th more therapeutic, yeah. self-reflective kind of way. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Because when I did it with you, you started going all in. Yeah. <laughs> like, at some point, I was just laughing and having fun. And at some point, I saw you with your hands in your hair. And just <laughs> thinking like, oh my God, oh my God. And I When I still had hair, though. <laughs> 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 yeah. And I uh, remember asking you 
whether you were okay. <laughs> you said, I'm just thinking about everything about my whole life. <laughs> you were going through it. <laughs> and that helped me to really think about stuff as well because you yeah. were just going and going yeah. and going. So maybe you would like to elaborate on your first experience because maybe that's a little bit more interesting than mine. <laughs> yeah, so my first experience also with magic truffles. Um, I've always been a very uh, reflective person and like the tendency that uh, psychedelic has is that it just amplifies your natural behavior. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, um, I might have subconsciously set the intention to learn more about myself and the world because that's what I always try to do. So, And um, I had all these questions pop up. Um, who, who am I? Um, wh what, is, what is this place? Who, wh why am I here? Um, all these all Am these I existential, a good person? And that, that, was, that was... So you're spoiling it. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> kind of. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, uh, but it was a question that came up as well, right? Well, um, I had all these questions. And they, they were floating inside my head and all around me. And um, eventually when uh, I, was, I was keep... Uh, I was reflecting and reflecting and reflecting... And eventually, all those questions came together mm. in the realization that I was a good person. Mm. Yeah. So, I was worrying a lot about a lot. And basically, the psychedelics told me that I don't need to worry about that because deep inside, deep, deep down, I am the force of good. And... I shouldn't worry about all these things that were spinning around in my head. So, mm. in a nutshell, that's the experience. But yeah, I fucking cried. I <laughs> you went uh, through it. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you see it, but I have a painting right there that uh, that I was tripping balls off. I'll, I'll, I'll show it to you guys. <laughs> Yeah, so when we were doing the psychedelic experience, we had this painting just on the, uh, on the chair. <laughs> a uh, nice background here. <laughs> <laughs> it's of a cow. If somebody is... Uh, uh, we don't know who painted it. <laughs> <laughs> it just fell down the building someday and he just grabbed it. Yeah. Um, but we were just staring at this beautiful painting and all the colors were just amplified and really like e almost neon yeah. colors doesn't and it's seem uh, very special uh, if you look at it like this but <laughs> yeah and it all started moving and yeah i don't know it, it was just beautiful to watch <laughs> it was beautiful to look at and experienced movement in a still painting <laughs> yeah definitely was something special so yeah. i i was just staring into the painting and i fucking crying and and just mm. yeah just just feeling love uh i i think eventually that was the 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 actual because i'm like explaining it in, a, in an analytical way mm -hmm. but i think i felt love for the for one of the first times i really let love hit me um towards yourself because yeah. it was that I, I am a good person for yeah. the first time you recognized yeah, yourself definitely. that you were actually a good person and you were doing yeah. the best you could oh man 
Realization right here. (laughs) (laughs) I got goosebumps. So, yeah. Mm. uh, Definitely was the first time I experienced love to myself. Damn. Because that's like... uh, Ongoing uh, process. uh, Ongoing (laughs) process. uh, Still, uh, yeah. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. But But you're growing and you're learning. But that was the first time you actually recognized yourself. Yeah. And then... It's funny because it was also the first time we actually started kind of thinking about words and the meaning behind them. Mm. Because I can remember you had this board, this whiteboard in yeah. your old room where you just wrote down sentences and yeah. things of beautiful moments, funny moments, whatever. Yeah. And we wrote down the Dutch word for real and mm. for uh, yeah. knowledge, for science or whatever it may be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we started to understand the meaning behind those words. Mm. What is real? What what really is real? Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. And for the first time, we both felt so authentic and yeah. so real yeah. that we, for the first time, actually understood what that word actually meant. Yeah, we felt it. We, we felt, felt it. it. Yeah. And that's the difference between uh, thinking something, believing something, and knowing something. Yeah. When you know something, it's in your body. You can feel it with every cell of your being. And when you think something or uh, you believe in something, then it's yeah. still outside. You're not really sure. It's not in your body. You cannot feel it. It's not embodied. Yeah, it's not embodied. Yeah. And in that moment, we truly embodied yeah. those words of knowledge and realness and stuff like that so it was a really beautiful experience too yeah in dutch we call it echt Echt. (laughs) and um yeah we and and in in english it's real Uh, so it's it's truth truth yeah yeah it was also for me the first time that i actually opened up to you Mm. because that that was also really uh amplified for me where i just like up until that point, we had a good time and we talked and mm. stuff like that. But from that moment on, I can also remember you said that we felt closer because Definitely. we truly opened ourselves up and showed our authenticity to each other. Now, that's a bigger problem for me than for you. <laughs> 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 but yeah, that was really for the relationship also a really big step. Yeah. Yeah, we, we shared that intimate, deep moment together and, and that made us closer. Uh, it, like, it was a big step in us getting closer. Yeah. Because before that, it was uh, uh, a lot of surface uh, pleasantries. <laughs> <laughs> and um, at that time, we shared something bigger. And uh, I, I think that was the, the, the moment we... Uh, we uh, set the trajectory <laughs> of uh, where we are right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was the first time for you. Yeah. Third time for me. Yeah. And after that, I think we started going into LSD more. Yeah. Because at first we did magic truffles and then we moved on to LSD and we actually just up until recently only did LSD after that. <laughs> we never looked back <laughs> until recently. <laughs> until recently. <laughs> Yeah. yeah maybe we can uh, talk a bit about the difference because like uh, when when someone uh I'm, I'm imagining that if someone never has done psychedelics before it's like all these fucking words and i don't know and uh and also psychedelics is like an umbrella term of everything that's psychoactive so mm. 
all these different effects or uh well so okay let's let's start with the difference between lsd and truffles so truffles is the uh, the working uh, substance in magic truffles is psilocybin and uh, you can also find that in magic mushrooms and uh, the LSD uh, working substance comes from a fungus that was found on grain um, and um, Albert Hoffman uh, isolated the psychoactive part and uh, accidentally got some of it on his fingers and he went on a magical bike ride that everybody knows and um, uh, the the working length of uh, LSD is like 12 hours, uh, 6 to 12 hours, uh, or 8 to 12 hours. Um, and uh, magic truffles or psilocybin is like 6 hours. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that's the basic information. And for the experience, the difference between that, um, for me, magic truffles really... Like the first time I did it, I already came up with this image of what it felt like. Mm. And it felt like playing cards. And then you have the uh, the hard cards, like mm. the uh, Queen of Hearts or whatever. Yeah, Magic Truffles kind of felt like the hard cards. <laughs> like the warm, fuzzy... Yeah, more roundedness and yeah. more warm and stuff like that. And LSD feels more mechanical, more... Yeah. Um pointy you, yeah yeah <laughs> the visuals are a little bit more square s yeah straight lines i guess yeah. i don't know it's just it's kind of different you can feel that it's a different compound yeah but you do have the same experience where you really just go into your own feelings and thoughts yeah. and body and the oneness of it all yeah. <laughs> you can experience it with both yeah but i feel like the feeling and the visuals are slightly different some people also describe LSD as more chemical um, and uh, psilocybin more like it came from the earth. Yeah, <laughs> you can feel it. Yeah. And that's also when we did magic truffles last time, we, um, like I also did ayahuasca one and a half years ago. And um, when we did magic truffles for the first time again, it felt like there was a spirit attached to the yeah. truffle as if there was this consciousness attached to for yeah the medicine um just like i experienced with ayahuasca where i really felt and was able to communicate with mama aya yeah it also felt like that in the truffle experience more so than with lsd yeah with lsd it feels like you're just open to everything yeah and with truffles it felt like there was this consciousness guiding me through it all and just throwing me into whatever I needed to heal and go through. Yeah. So with ayahuasca and magic truffles, it's more like a spirit is attached to it. Yeah. It's also really important to set an intention. And um, with an intention, a lot of people think about this is what I want to experience. This is what I want to experience. Mm -hmm. But what I mean by intention is what are the qualities of the thing that you want that you'd like to experience yeah so don't set a goal but set feelings that you want to experience would you like to experience freedom would you like to experience liberation would you like to experience love and with <coughs> uh, all the psychedelics you are able to set the intention and you will most probably get what you want like 
yeah. I've, I've never actually <laughs> had a case where I didn't get what I needed. Yeah. Sometimes I didn't get what I wanted, but I did get what I needed. Yeah. Um, we always write down like a few intentions and like maybe six or eight things we would like to get out of this trip. And then we look back when we've had the trip and I thought, okay, check, 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 <laughs> check, check, check. <laughs> That's yeah. like 90% of the time. It's like... Yeah, and yeah. sometimes even for me, I'm not able to really set the intention. Like I don't really know how to put it into words. Mm. Yet I still get exactly what I wanted yeah. <laughs> or what I needed. <laughs> so yeah. I feel like you really are able to set intentions with both. Um, but it it's really important to not hold on to it and to yeah. uh, like it's it's perfect for a, a guiding line, but also set yourself open for whatever the psychedelic medicine wants to give you. Yeah, because if you try to hold on to no, but I wanted to move through this and experience this, then you're gonna miss the real juiciness. Mm. Like for me, for example, the last time I did LSD, I um, I didn't ha- like I I didn't have the intention to go into sexual healing, mm. but I was forced there because mm. of some reason my thoughts just kept going to sexual trauma stuff and. If you are fighting it during a psychedelic experience, then you're going to have a really bad time. (laughs) You're going to have a really tough time. One word to remember when on psychedelics is always to surrender. Surrender, surrender, surrender. If you're not surrendering, then you're going to have a bad time. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Oh, man. Like we we said in the psychedelic experience we had together, we just kept repeating. Just let go, let go, let go, let go. Go deeper, go deeper, go deeper. Yeah. Um, that takes courage. That takes a lot of courage. And also the detachment from the thing that you thought you needed. Because if I would hold on to that, then I wouldn't have gone into the sexual healing. I would have fought it because I don't want to deal with that right now. And I would have had a really bad experience. But in that moment, I decided to just go for it and to explore this part. And I said to the person that was trip-sitting me, I was just shaking my head and laughing for no, no, I didn't want this, man. (laughs) It's coming. (laughs) And um, yeah, then she started asking me a little bit more questions to go into it. And um, from that moment on, I like for the past months, I've just been diving deep into sexual healing because that's what was needed. Yeah. Um, But that's not what my what I thought I needed in that moment. I feel like they magnify your uh, subconscious struggles. And um, also, if you look at the way psychedelics work on the brain, is that they um, they suppress your thinking mind. So they really let you go into the, the, the part of you that is feeling more than thinking. And if you're struggling with something subconsciously, Uh, normally your thinking brain suppresses it i don't want to look at it i don't want to deal with this right now i don't have time (laughs) and that those patterns they get subconscious if you if they repeat often enough and eventually you won't you just won't deal with it Mm -hmm. and when your feelings get magnified 
when using psychedelics, something some things will yeah move well, up I, the ladder. I think that's part of it, but I don't really think that was necessarily the case with my experience because mm. the intention that I set was show me what is still holding me back from my highest truth, from mm. my highest alignment, and. Clearly, it was sexual trauma that was still holding me back. Um, but I can remember that I tried to focus on my job that I have right now to pay everything. Mm. In the beginning, I was just trying to go deeper and deeper and deeper into that and ask, why am I still in this? What is still holding me back to move on from this? Why can't I let go of this? And I just didn't get an answer. I didn't get an answer. Mm. And eventually, I went to the sexual healing part. And um, I realized how much feeling I've been kind of shutting off. Yeah. And now later in the process, I'm realizing that me not feeling everything um, is the thing that is holding me back from my work. Uh, like why I'm still in that. Yeah. Um, Can you elaborate on that? Um, why well... The with my psychedelic experience, I realized that feeling things really deeply and being in your sensuality, like sensuality and sexuality are two different things. Yeah. And sensuality is just being in your senses and really experiencing it with your whole body. That that is also seen as sexual. Mm. And that is something that's put onto us since we are really, really young, especially little girls. When we experience things really intensely and we mm. are really in our body, really, like we're licking ice cream and we're just mm, really enjoying it, mm. then the adult mind immediately puts sexuality into it. Yeah. And it sexualizes that kind of behavior. Exactly. Being in the moment, enjoying every last fucking bit of that delicious ice, ice cream, cream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah. and um i saw all these patterns where exactly that happened to mm. me and to the collective of young little girls yeah and um to kind of make sure i wouldn't be sexualized at such a young age because yeah. i wasn't comfortable with that oh damn I put out, I, I shut off those feelings and experiencing everything really intensely because yeah. I'm hypersensitive. Yeah. And all these things were being sexualized. And I didn't like that. So I shut it off. Mm. And that kind of rippled through everything in my life Damn. where I do, don't feel as deeply. And I'm having a hard time to really show someone that I'm in my body and yeah. that I'm in my sensuality. And, um, that is also how that ripples through to my job right now is also all the pain and the um, frustration and the anger and everything that comes up around my job are also emotions that I'm not letting move through me all the way because I've learned to shut off a part of my emotions, not just the pleasant things, but yeah. also the, the not so pleasant emotions. I would imagine that if you are programmed not to show all those sensual happy things that it wouldn't automatically translate into those negative emotions um 
what do you feel like is another cause of that negative emotions not being able to move through you well it has different different like there of course there are a lot of factors yeah like it's not only that um it's also that i felt always felt like i needed to be perfect i Mm. needed to uh, in order to get love in order to be good enough and every time i would feel frustration or anger or wasn't able to do something or um, i was just in my heavy emotions i would feel like i wasn't perfect anymore Mm. Um, so i didn't show them to people and also i felt like people didn't really understand me when i went through these things and that's also something that really comes back around my work because maybe the most people who are watching this even think well, it's part of life. You just need to work. It's yeah. part of it. That's how it works. But just for me, push through. exactly. But for me, it it's my own personal hell. It it mm. r- literally just drains me so much, and I feel like my soul is getting crushed. Mm. But people don't really understand that because they feel like it's normal, and yeah. they don't let themselves go to that point. So. I go to that point and I share that with someone else, I feel feel misunderstood. Mm. And I feel like I kind of need to dim the intensity of the negative emotions yeah. um, to be accepted by the other person because the other person might think that I'm over-exaggerating or whatever it may be. So those and even a lot more <laughs> reasons yeah. are part of why um, I'm having a hard time letting it move through me. So there has been all these different factors that all contributed to the fact that you are having trouble with experiencing and letting uh, emotions run through you because they weren't accepted uh, when you were younger or they uh, they were sexualized by the collective or all those different things. And right now you're breaking through it and... Um, Yeah, so tell me about that. How are you breaking through it? How am I breaking through it? Yeah. How are you getting back in touch with your sensual side? Well, this one quote really, really helped me. And there was this man that said, allow yourself to be fully taken in. Allow yourself to be fully seen. And that quote really helped me a lot because... And then you keep it to yourself. Like I am allowing myself to be seen by that person or by everyone, you know. It feels good to be seen. It feels good to be taken in by other people in a safe space with love. That's what we all want. We all just want to be accepted and held by other people and seen and heard. Um, And when I say to myself the quote allow yourself to be fully seen, allow yourself to be fully taken in, then it just kind of lifts this weight off my shoulders of um, that I need to protect myself in a way. It's my own choice in that moment that I allow myself to be seen. It's a conscious choice because subconsciously I'm still kind of shielding myself. And every time someone gets really close where my own judgments and my own insecurities and my own everything arises, I put put up this wall. 
but if I'm aware of that and I say to myself, allow yourself to be fully seen, then I can soften those walls and open myself up to that person. Is that not a practice to make subconscious wall putting uh, conscious? Yeah. I, I think if you summarize it, uh, previously you just your default response was just to put up a wall just and that sentence that quote helps you to realize oh wait it's safe yeah yeah and it's in my own power because i'm the one in control when i say allow yourself to be fully seen i'm allowing myself to be fully seen so with that it creates safety instantly because i'm in control Hmm. and uh I'm yeah, I'm not giving my power away to someone else. How what is it specifically about being in control uh in that sense that is comforting or because it's scary. Yeah, I can't, it's like for, it, maybe not for you because you've always done it. Like you've <laughs> you've always shown yourself authentically. Yeah. But for me it's only been a thing for the past like 2 years where I really I've been really working on showing myself authentically. Yeah. And it's scary because I've had a lot of moments because it didn't happen for re- for no reason why I put up all yeah. these walls. So I have a lot of moments where I wasn't received in the way that I needed or people weren't able to show up for me in the way that I needed or I felt judged or I felt ashamed by other people or whatever it may be. So if I just let go of control and I don't have any control over the people that are seeing me then that's extremely scary and can be really hard to soften into because you're not sure whether those people can receive you because they didn't in the past Mm. and eventually that's something where you want to work towards where you're able to just be yourself with everyone it doesn't matter where you are with who you are but to make it a change, to really shift that energy and to start opening yourself up, the quote, allow yourself to be really seen and having the control yourself really helps because then you can choose who sees you and you can broaden that once you've shared it with the people close to you. You can grow that and grow that. It kind of builds in some safety in the way you like you choose who sees you uh instead of just defaulting in being authentic all the time it just kind of dips your toe in the water yeah uh, in being authentic and just uh letting yourself slowly build up the confidence to do that more and more often yeah. It's, it kind of makes it gradual instead of well, it doesn't have to an be. instant switch. So, like you can also do that with everyone. Like for me, it was that quote really helped me so much that I was able to also Im- uh, implement that into my social media where I just mm. felt like I'm just gonna, like I never shot a video just with me talking in my on my Instagram. Yet after I heard that quote, I did. Because Mm. I felt like I'm just going to allow myself to be seen by everyone. Because that's what I want. I want to be seen by everyone. I want, like, that's what I deeply crave. So why not 
share it with the world why not share it with the people i don't feel comfortable with mm. because now it's it, it feels empowering to have that control to really make the choice for yourself to open yourself up to the world it uh, i'm trying to get to the bottom of it why it suddenly changed with that quote mm-hmm. like if you're now just deciding okay i'm ready to let myself be seen yeah but then you kind I, of say the same thing yeah 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 <laughs> but but like it's a manifestation of the fact that you're ready right mm-hmm. it's it's not really like that quote was a way for you to to make the step in yeah. and, and and i'm getting i'm trying to get to the bottom of it what what made what me made ready you ready to yeah what made me ready oh what made me ready <laughs> that's everything <laughs> like my whole life what made you feel safe to um to mm. maybe not not disregard well, the previous judgments but mm-hmm. like what 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 made you look past those self-confidence self-love that's the most important thing because after my ayahuasca experience i was a totally different person i just switched and i was able to let go of so much drama and chatter in my mind and from that moment on i feel like i was able to without even trying show myself more to other people because i was more confident in who i was and uh, where i stand but I think in the yeah in the past years I've just built up the perspective where I realized that anything anyone says is just about them. It's not about you. It's not like don't take it personal. And that's something that an, an insight I got like a couple of years ago but it has been really integrated right now where i just feel really deeply in my body that it doesn't matter what people say or think or whatever it's either programming or it's about themselves yeah it has nothing to do with me okay this is this is like a key point here because um the the reason that you put up these walls subconsciously is because of judgment is because of other people projecting their own stuff on top of you and as a child you don't know that it's not because you you think it's about yourself and when you evolve and you work through your own insecurities and work through your own judgments in my journey i worked through a lot of judgments i when we met (laughs) when we met i judged people who were fat i judged people who were homeless uh those were things that, that I... That totally switched, by the way. <laughs> I, that totally switched. <laughs> I, full 180. <laughs> full 180. <laughs> Took some time, but... Yeah, yeah. But, but you learned... Uh, you, you, you showed me that a lot of these people who are struggling with being overweight or obese or that, that there's always something behind it. And... Uh, the fact that I am not fat 
is just because I lived certain different circumstances and the story behind every like you don't know the story so why could you judge it's just I judged because I would judge myself if if I got fat exactly and that's just my own value that I put on being skinny yeah. So, and where that ca- comes from is programming because that comes from the belief that when you're not skinny you're either not beautiful or you're unhealthy or you're and all those things well don't fat is bad that's like the yeah that, the the general thing yeah. that's been put on you exactly so if you even look at that because i was also a major insight like a um, year or two years ago where i deeply realize that even the judgments people have towards themselves aren't judgments of themselves those are judgments of other people that they put on to them Mm. so it just it's an infinite cycle where everyone projects their own judgments and insecurities onto others which create judgments and insecurity into them and they put it, w- and it onto others through and it, it's giving through on generation on generation exactly on generation. even though it's Those actually are... it's no one's <laughs> like, when well, you really go to the core when you really go to the core everyone is just love everything is love yeah but all the projections and all the the stories, stories we make up around it is just an illusion. It, nothing about that is real. It's all programming that other people put onto other people because they've been put, because they have been put it on them. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Not a great sentence structure, but that's, I think that's okay. People get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's also that uh, people use judgments to feel better about themselves. So it's like a subconscious Survival. process uh, mm. that that if I'm not fat, I'm better than you. Yeah. And it—that's that's, why people bu- bully. Yeah, it's it's um, it it yeah it it kind of artificially artificially heightens your self-esteem. It's like a fucked up Even way it to no. Do that, but you feel in that moment as if it does, but yeah, it a doesn't. little a little yeah high or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. Um, Okay, so um, circling back to uh, yeah. what we were talking about, you work through your judgments, and one of the key aspects of you being ready for uh, the world to see you is because you realize that judgments aren't a reflection of you, but are a reflection of people's own insecurities yeah. and stories and exactly. generational baggage and media uh programming and stuff so that quote unlocked um uh, it was the last was the last bit that that you needed to put it into practice yeah yeah and also like don't take anything personally that was the one of the big ones but also um something i found out recently is like along the years i've connected with unconditional love a couple of times and 
every single time I've been crying. Yeah. <laughs> I like, really bad. Fucking, if you feel unconditional love, man, that, that fucking goes deep. <laughs> that opens up the water wells. Exactly. So, I've I've connected with that a couple of times, yet I still get disconnected each time. Yeah. And recently, I realized that why I get like if if I haven't connected with the unconditional loving energy that's everywhere for a longer period of time, I actually get scared to connect with it again. Mm. And recently I realized that's because I still have a really, really bad perspective on what love actually is and what it feels like. Okay. And that comes from my own perspective on love, on how I treat myself and how I tell myself or what I tell myself that is love. So I am quite harsh on myself still and I call it tough love in my head. Mm. Even though like it's it's way better than <laughs> where it came from. <laughs> like don't get me wrong. But um it's still that I feel like I should always do better. And I get impatient with myself because I feel like I should have already been able to do that or I've been already moved through it or healed that or whatever it may be but that's not love love is very very patient mm. and love is gentle love is soft love is warm and I forget that every time and because I forget that I also feel I'm, I'm scared of other people because I believe that's what love is. So even if I let myself be seen by other people, I still am scared subconsciously that I won't get what I need because it will be harsh. It will be tough love because that's the way that I see love, how I treat myself. Can you give an example of that tough love? Because I know about tough love, uh, but I'm wondering how that plays out in your head. Or in yourself. You you talked about frustration. Mm -hmm. You talked about not being patient. Is that because you have a certain image of yourself that that you are not living up to yet? Or is that because you know what's wrong and, and not have been able to integrate it? properly or all of the above <laughs> it's, yeah i know you it's, very it's, well yeah. so, but <laughs> <laughs> it's um yeah the frustration comes from different things um and it's just my my mind gets something really quickly and yeah. understands it and wants to move on from there yeah but my body sometimes still needs some time to catch up. Yeah. So that's where I get frustrated, where I know something so deeply and I want to experience something, do something, move on from there. Yet I still feel like I'm held back by parts of me that I still need to release, that are still in my body. Um, so that's where a lot of frustration comes from. And also the tough love is... Um, for example, once again, my work, um, that because there's this whole story about around it, about that love or work um, is something that we just have to do. Mm. Um, for me, it's really easy to fall into that same trap where I'm 
feeling really, really terrible and I feel like I'm or I'm literally crying or whatever it may be. And I um, tell myself not in the same way, but I tell myself just suck it up. Hmm. It's work. You got to do it. You got to make money. You got to pay your ends. It's part of life. Just suck it up. And I try to make all these ways for myself to be able to deal with that thing instead of just feeding it. <laughs> because um, mm. I feel like okay, it it won't be fully accepted in a way. Okay, so you feel that love is works like that. Yeah, that it. Um, because you were talking about tough love and you... Yeah, where I just tell myself, just suck it up and go with it. That's the tough love part I was talking yeah. about. Um, and it like it's it's about all different kinds of things where I just... I understand something or, for example, yesterday we had a moment where I also got triggered. Hmm. And that's because I just started to get frustrated with the fact that I'm not able to express myself fully. Yeah. And even if I do express myself, I can feel myself holding back and not fully expressing myself. And that's frustrating. And that's frustrating because I'm aware of it. But I am scared because I have such a bad perspective on what love actually is and how it feels. Because if I'm connected with unconditional love, then I'm able to soften into it. But I'm not. So I'm holding up these barriers. That's why also it's easier for me with psychedelics to let myself go and to really go into my own shadows and darkness because... It suppresses the thinking mind. Yeah, and I'm connected with love. Yeah. I can feel the unconditional love every time. I can feel it in my body. And you tell yourself uh, the story that when you're uh, getting... Uh, uh, when you moved away from that unconditional love again, you tell yourself the story that tough love is love. Yeah, that, that judgment is love, that, that being that tough love and just not the not the softness and the warmth. Yeah, okay. For me it feels kind of Yeah. Cold and as if I almost like if I really tap into the feeling I get sometimes when I really get disconnected, I feel like crying. Because it just feels as if I'm as if I'm not doing enough, as if I'm not good enough, as if I need to be better. But that comes back again to the perfectionism where mm. I felt like I needed to be perfect in order to receive love. Mm. So that's still yeah, that's my perspective when I get disconnected from love, that I need to prove myself in order to receive it. That's uh, that's very relatable. I always felt like that uh, me depriving myself of love is the way to actually get something <laughs> done. <laughs> While it's totally the different the different way around, because if I am depriving myself of love, I am giving from an empty cup. And that concept, uh, I don't know if people uh, know what's, what that's about, but if you have uh, energy left, uh, 
when uh, after you give it to yourself and others you're giving from a full cup if the energy is overflowing uh, and you you have too much you automatically try to give it away it's kind of like this beautiful metaphor i came up when i was in the shower is a lot of people have put their hands in a cup and just let it fill with water now imagine that in your hands you have all these split fingers yeah all these holes all these holes and those are just wounds and parts of you that uh, are still fighting the love let's say (laughs) that are still protecting you then the water is the overflowing love that's in every moment and every second and that's always here and present and it can flow as much as it wants but if you have these holes that you are still letting all the love just slip through yeah. then your cup will never fill your hands will never fill but if you start to close them off then your cup will fill and eventually it will overflow because your cup is just too small to hold the immense amount of love that's in every second and every moment yeah so you're gonna overflow just like water hold held in your hands yeah so yeah just to give a little bit of a fewer perspective on what you said yeah yeah so um the way i thought this worked before i was conscious of uh the the fact that you need a full cup to give is when i was at uni and i uh i needed to motivate myself to get off my ass and learn for exams and stuff I always used uh, stress and um, doom scenarios to, like, if I don't do this, I'll uh, don't graduate and I will have huge student loans and stuff. And that 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 was my mechanism to to do stuff. And that was from an unhealthy place. And right now I'm working on um, thinking about myself uh, and and actually hmm, how should i describe it you try to switch it to having love be the force from where you take action yeah not fear yeah definitely yeah Yeah. so first i was um using my survival mechanism to get off my ass and 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 that's like from an empty cup right that's Mm -hmm. because you have such an empty cup you switch into survival mode and right now, if I fill my cup by doing things I love and by uh, telling myself that I am good and what I do is good and badass. that I'm a fucking <laughs> badass, <laughs> uh, then I'm proud of myself and I can do way more from that place than when I use my survival. Yeah. And for the people who aren't convinced yet, like... Fear is a really strong force. Like yeah. It's a really strong force. But love. Have you ever seen a mother fighting for their children? Oh, you know? <laughs> like, she can lift the fucking car. <laughs> she can lift the car. Like yeah. Fear can paralyze you. And love only opens you up. And wants you, love wants to be shared. And it wants to like penetrate other people with their love. Yeah. So the force you get from love is way stronger than fear, even though in the beginning it might not feel like that. Yeah. And that's where you struggled. Think about um, 
when you have been in survival for a certain amount of time, you get exhausted. And that's the big difference from moving and learning and living from love is that it's sustainable. Mm -hmm. That's the big difference. And, and always when I was uh, using my, um, uh, my survival mechanisms to get off my ass and do stuff, when my exam was over, I was like in bed for a month because I was recovering. Mm -hmm. And that's because all that's left in that little cup uh, was gone. Yeah. yeah. And that's also where I believe like burnout and stuff like that comes from and, and depression and anxiety and all those things come from a lack of love. Yeah. Because people just shut themselves off because it doesn't feel safe because they've experienced love through a really foggy way like it's it's all twisted it's not really true love anymore and that's their perspective of love so they try to protect themselves from love which causes them to do things that are out of fear or that aren't in alignment with what they actually want what actually fills them what actually fills their heart and that's when they get depressed and that's yeah. when they get burned out because they're just they've given all their energy away to something and they're not having an input of getting at their own energy it's only giving 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 but where do they get their energy yeah and yeah every time they have a little they give it away exactly yeah and you're learning right now to really tap into the unconditional love that's everywhere and to use that as your force to make make movement and to put yeah. it on directed on yourself yeah what is the uh, most noticeable difference you've noticed when you take action from a place of love or take action from a place of fear the recovery period there is no recovery period when you're acting from love my biggest fear uh, what kept me in in survival that 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 stood the that kept me convinced that that was the way to go was that i was fearful of losing my drive when i was not in survival so i noticed that i had a, a motivation the only way i could get motiva motivation was by getting into survival mode and i was fearful of losing that force and that energy and that movement when I would give myself love mm -hmm. because then always when I gave myself love I backed down and I laid you in bed and I needed to rest that that was love for me yeah so when I gave myself love and I I was resting I thought love equaled no movement yeah and why has it always been so important for you to have that movement to have the drive to take action that's because i'm here to do big things and i always felt that i that i had the job here to do big things and i was always a big dreamer and that the the fearful process of survival was the only way i could get forward movement yeah even i though, felt even though you didn't know it yet like in that moment like you knew you were always meant for big things yeah but just recently through a psychedelic experience you really met your soul and you're oh, really yeah. really set with the feeling of i'm here for a reason i have a mission yeah and i need to follow that mission yeah um, but 
for years you wasn't you weren't connected with that feeling and you knew like inside somewhere you knew it but i can remember that during that time you also when we tried to figure this all out it was also connected with you feeling like you needed to prove yourself to your dad where you felt like you needed to um to always have that forward movement and do better because that's what your dad expected of you and now well that that was not the case i need to have a side note because yeah. my parents are very loving yeah, and uh, they only want the best for me and i have had a tremendous childhood it was uh i have so such little trauma i i can only thank my parents for that for their great fucking love they gave me but um whenever i was not feeling motivated or i didn't want to go with my dad like chopping wood or some uh physical activity that i wasn't feeling it i felt i uh disappointed my father and uh that way i i i felt i needed to do stuff to prove that i'm not lazy <laughs> yeah so to receive his love in a yeah. way but now like in the in your last experience we realized why you had that kind of uh parenting because it was also intertwined with your mission can you elaborate okay you don't remember that no okay um because at first you thought that it had to do with your father and that you needed to um that you felt this unconscious drive to prove yourself to him because you didn't want to be lazy and be yeah. disappoint him. So that's the way that you were able to receive his love. But during your psychedelic experience, we realized that the true reason why you've always felt that drive was because of your mission, because you were here for a damn reason and you needed to fulfill that. And... In, for you to get the tools to be able to fulfill that, you were grown up with parents who always pushed you further mm. and made sure that you kept moving and you fi found a way to deal with certain things. And Well, I don't think my parents pushed me that hard. I believe that... Um, I believe that m my father is 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 a person that has a lot of movement and he knows how to break through fucking resistance. Mm -hmm. He's he's like he he he's always been the role the role model that just gets shit done. Mm -hmm. And I think that that um the reason that I chose my parents if you believe in souls and uh, and stuff is that in a way, he is a really good role model for me because I have a lot of stuff to do too. And mm -hmm. that that um, to have such a person in my life from such a young age, also the entrepreneur, uh, he's also an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. That is just, I learned so much. Mm -hmm. And that those were all the tools that I needed. Plus... For me to learn that love is the answer and not fear. 
Yeah. Yeah, but with his forward movement, then that's like you, you're seeing that. So you're learning from that. And so you're implementing it to yourself. Yeah. Because that's what children, how children learn. Yeah. And him, like he, he pushed you too. Like I can remember when you were laying in bed at 2, 2 p.m. still that he would call you up sometimes and he would just say like, Max, <laughs> 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 you're still in bed. Go get up and do something. <laughs> and then you felt this this feeling of... <laughs> I can't. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of friction. I'm tired. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but those are moments where... And the most loving, like he meant, like it's all from a beautiful place and it's yeah. all from love. But where he pushed you in a yeah. like, go do something because this is not why you are here. This is not why you're meant, what you're meant to do. You're not meant to lay in your bed until two p.m. Yeah, you're meant to get up and do something. Yeah, and maybe it wasn't necessarily from the conscious thought of, oh, he's here for a mission, so I need to push him to go to his mission. Yeah, but it all intertwines with each other yeah. why he is your father and why you grew up in the way that you did yeah it all comes together because you just are here to follow your mission yeah. <laughs> to spread love to the world and my mom and she mom. always gave me love yeah yeah mm, the warm energy feminine energy yeah nourishment softness warmth yeah when I still had hair, the the little <laughs> <laughs> just brush brushes <laughs> through my hair and stuff. Uh, the the physical uh, comfort, it yeah. I've had I I've I'm blessed with my parents. <laughs> yeah, to to come back to that because we were coming back to the psychedelic experience where you found out that you had a mission yeah maybe you can elaborate a bit more on that psychedelic experience and what it was yeah what you got out of it to come all full circle yeah so my that was my last um psychedelic trip it was on psilocybin and um though the the dosage was pretty steep um so we took that uh, we were uh on a campsite and um w it, it just hit a little too hard <laughs> and uh, we, we stumbled in my camper van and i need to lay down i need to lay need down because right uh, <laughs> i'm going somewhere <laughs> so we stumbled in into bed and, and just um, laid under the blankets and i i just felt a lot of pain and hurt um that was my first and and i didn't know where the pain came from and i was digging i was digging i was digging and i felt that it wasn't my pain it was kind of the ancestral pain i thought and i was digging and i was digging and i showed courage to work through it absolutely like he was a he was a badass <laughs> he was just laying there and just telling give this shit yeah just come on just give it just give, give it, it to give me it, just give, give it. it to me just give it to me <laughs> i can handle it i can handle it it's just fucking emotion yeah. just give it to me give and every it to time me. he give would feel me. worse he would say yeah, yes yes just yes, give it yes <laughs> i'll feel it i feel it i don't care yeah and on the other side of that 
suffering and pain after, after I felt it. I met my soul and I saw a huge God uh, with a huge body and a little <laughs> tiny head <laughs> that was just fucking shoveling coal into a, into a steam engine. And what that felt for me, it, 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 it just noticed me of why I'm here. It, it noticed me, it, it, it showed me that I was here to do a lot of fucking work. And I, they, they, they send someone to do the fucking work. They send a fucking badass <laughs> <laughs> to fucking move, move everything to, to just. And that, that was really weird for me because I always thought about myself as being lazy and uh, being. Uh, it, it was a huge masculine presence, and and I always thought of myself as a sensitive fragile feminine full of emotion and and unstableness chaos and chaos um definitely chaos, definitely chaos. <laughs> <laughs> i have add so uh my my brain is like a lot of chaos <laughs> <laughs> and i for i for the first time i saw myself in a in a in a different light and i saw that i was here to to just do a lot of things everything needed to have purpose that's also what yeah. you found out like if it does if it doesn't have a purpose if it isn't useful exactly it, it's not useful you can't understand why you're doing it yeah then you're not going to do it because it's a sidetrack from your mission yeah you need everything needs to be to make sense needs to make sense and needs to help you towards your mission yeah which is to spread love to spread understanding yeah. what my part is in understanding experience <laughs> <laughs> so it all makes sense yeah yeah so i'm here to just make a lot of conscious media uh, productions and like we know like from from we we've produced two videos now and a huge amount of hours go into that mm -hmm. and a huge amount of effort and and attention and um yeah, that's why I'm here, to focus on the production and the knowledge. Yeah, to raise human consciousness. Yeah. I was sent here. <laughs> and how have you been trying to integrate that in your life? Because it's quite an experience to meet your soul and to see yourself from this whole other light, like yeah. literally this whole other perspective. Yeah. So how did you, or still, are working to integrate that? Well, at, at first, I it was very clear to me that that like uh, for a masculine to have clarity uh, and 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 to be able to move, I need to have a stable outer environment to have everything in order so I can focus on what's important. And I was living in a van for I I'm I'm living right here now for like two, three weeks or something. And uh, before this, I was living in chaos and a way to integrate the masculine energy and to uh, cater my life to it is to have a stable environment. And that's why I chose to um, 
live here. And it's been amazing. You see it right now. <laughs> We have a podcast set up. Um, I'm, I'm waking up early again. I'm getting into my routine. I'm having a plan. Uh, and that, that's the way I'm integrating it. Gaining clarity. Gaining clarity. And mm. uh, yeah. Just and also about why you are here. Like recently you wrote down an exact vision of what it is that you want and why you are here or the steps you need to take in order to succeed. Yeah. And that's all the masculine force where you came in contact with, with your uh, psychedelic trip. Yeah. And I also have the confidence. <coughs> uh, I, I That you're able to do it. That that I'm able to do it, yeah, and um, it just need I just need needed to put some things into place uh, to make the the transition as smoothly as possible. So when you're living in a van, you have all this mental space that is uh, reserved for where I'm gonna sleep tonight. Uh, I need to uh, fill my water. I need to fill my water. <laughs> I need to have electricity where I'm gonna get where i'm going to get electricity uh you have one small little room that that needs to contain all this these different ideas and it's like cramped and you you expansion is very difficult that way and all this mental chatter that's going on uh, of all the things that aren't useful that was just fucking me in the ass <laughs> <laughs> And uh, right now I have everything taken care of and I feel like I can move again. I feel like I can expand right now. Yeah. If you can breathe again. I can breathe again. Yeah. Yeah. And the first few, like the first week I was here, uh, all, the, all the stress and the, the, the uncertainty came, came up again and I needed to feel that in order to get rid of it and have a clear mind again. Yeah. And that's also when old patterns came up again because I can remember you told me uh, that you started to worry because of the fact you didn't have that forward movement yet. Yeah. Even though it was just a week <laughs> that you were here and I told you like it takes a while to adjust and yeah. to move into a new place. I feel so stressed. <laughs> yeah. I feel so stressed. It's just you need to rest. It just needs to move through you right now. We'll build up energy. Why can't I move forward? <laughs> why have why don't I have a hundred thousand subscribers yet? <laughs> It's been a goddamn week. <laughs> Be patient man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now I have everything together. Why am I not feeling okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you're you're getting getting there again. Yeah. You just like Definitely. sometimes you just need to give yourself just a little bit of a break. Give yourself yeah. some time. Yeah. And then uh trust that you'll move forward from there. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, I think I we we've reached a conclusion, right? Yeah. It's um we had didn't go across every psychedelic experience we've had. We have like uh ten, many. ten, <laughs> ten more uh, life-changing uh, acid trips uh, that we and that an were ayahuasca probably, experience. An ayahuasca <laughs> experience that we're probably going to discuss in a further uh, podcast. Yeah. So keep a keep a look out for that one. Mm -hmm. Subscribe and uh, comment. Yeah. And um, if there are any any other like uh, what's it called 
topics. Topics. If there are any other topics that you'd like us to talk about or to discuss or that you have more questions about, just let us know. Leave a comment below. Yeah. And we would love to talk about it and elaborate a little bit more. Yeah. Bye-bye.